The information presented in this podcast is not intended for the treatment or prevention of disease or any medical condition, nor is a substitute for medical advice. The information contained here in this podcast reflects only the opinion of the author and presenter and is in no way considered required practice. Welcome to Motivation and Muscle, the podcast that connects your brain to your brawn. Hi, this is Eric Fiorello, and I want to welcome you to Motivation and Muscle Streaming Radio 24-7. Today is the 16th of March. Can you believe it? We are halfway through. I This has been the fastest year of my life. There's no doubt about it. Even my niece, who's 11 years old, said the same thing to me last week when we had dinner over the house a couple nights last week. It's amazing how quick it's going. But as we have our pal Mike Gillette coming in shortly. As I was just telling Mike, I mean, the trees, the branches, it's a beautiful day. Sunny blue sky, but it looks like they're going to snap in half. We've had two snowstorms this week, and now I had a guy come look at my maple tree yesterday. Obviously, they couldn't see the root system with all the snow on the lawn, but here's the deal. He says, well, did you know you're going to get another storm? We're getting one Tuesday. I said, I know. I didn't even know that, but you know what? It's not going to last long anyway, so let it keep coming. We're going to April and, you know, blah, 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 but... Here's the best thing. Stand up, take a deep breath through your nose, out through your mouth, and say and repeat, I am a winner, I am a champion, I am unstoppable. Why? Because when you talk to yourself like that, you are going to magnetize much more of that into your life. Now, to make changes, obviously, it takes a minimum of 21 days, but that is the way you need to talk to yourself. Because there's too many people saying things that are just one thing after another. If it's not victimhood, I'm a defeatist, etc., etc. And then, remember this, folks. When you do this magnificent stuff and you subscribe to it for the rest of your life and make changes, there's going to be an awful lot of people trying to talk you out of it or telling you it's worthless. Go with your gut and keep doing And remember this. It all starts in that gym, no matter where it is. Because as I say, you build from the inside out. When you do that, you're going to see magnificent things in your life. But you, as uh, as if you go out like me, I've been reading Think and Grow Rich again. I bet I've read it 50 times, if not more. I'm re- I almost read the whole book again last night. Um, the 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 material in there is absolutely incredible, and I know. If you want to know the real secret of Think and Grow Rich, there's another volume of it, I think, that, and it came out in the 50s. Everybody's always looking for the secret. Go out and look at Andrew Carnegie. He's the one that basically tells you the secret or the rules, okay? That's what it's all about. Go out and listen to Earl Nightingale, too. You'll get an awful lot off that. But we'll get into that more and more like we're doing now. Also, too, go out to FiorelloBarbellCo.com. Winners and Champions, Inc., 14 modules, which will change your life. Also, don't forget, too, right now I'm giving free strategic planning sessions for training. If you live in New York State, I don't care anywhere, come up here to the FBC Stone and Steel Yard. I'll give you the best hour you've ever had in your life, and it'll be totally different from most of the stuff I'm sure that's out there in the world. And 
they don't teach you about how your head works. But I'm going to tell you right now, my whole hypothesis of my training through all these years, it's the physical end that sets and lights the torch to everything else. And we're going to get into more and more of that, too. As I call it, it's called strength resolve. And we'll get into that, too. Also, too, don't forget to go out to uh, our YouTube channel, Fiorella Barbell Company, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. Also, too, as I said, we can do anything with Skype calls. You know I'm all over the world now. That's not a big deal at all. And our big new page called Manly Men's Movement, myself, Dr. Wong, and Douglas Graham, um, there's a brand new forum page. I believe Douglas has got it up now because it got so big, the discussion board, we had to go to the next phase, and that's another WordPress plugin. And eventually there's going to be bigger and bigger things with it. But you know what? We have more fathers and sons coming in here, and a lot of the regular people that are on the show, our family, I couldn't be happier. They bugged me for two years to do this. I did it. Please take advantage of it. You're going to love it. Also, too, um, our Prosperity Conscious page, that's another thing that we subscribe to now. We don't go with lack, but we if you go out and read anything about prosperity, the idea is you give but in return, you get back. So there's a $25 donation, a $50 donation, a $100 donation, which all connects to my YouTube channel. You get something free with each donation. Not only do you get the first module in all three donations, but in the second, you get a half an hour of strategic planning with me. And on the $100, you get a full hour of planning. So it's worth your while to take a look at it, and you can also help us out here. Also, go out to MotivationMuscle.com uh, slash podcast slash category. Go out and look at all the shows Mike Gillette's done with me. He's been on with me for over two years probably now. Um, hope to do many more this year and in the future with Mike. Um, as I said, over 800 podcasts in not even three and a half years. I mean, I don't know anybody out there doing it. And Dr. William Wan gave me probably one of the nicest compliments I've ever had in this field. When we talked about motivation, muscle, and the manly man's movement, because I've known Dr. Wan for over 20 years. And he said to me, and he's not, he's the second person to say that. He said, motivation and muscle is a man's listening show. And I'll tell you right now, it is the Perry Raider Iron Man of radio. And he says, you're going to be out in terrestrial radio all over the world before you know it. And right now, we're in Italy and Brazil, by the way. Also, too, um, go out to motivationmuscle.com. Go out and check out our, um, uh, sign up. Well, basically, you're going to give your name and it'll go to my MailChimp account. And whenever I put out any great content, it'll go right to your mailbox, your inbox. So you can sign up for the newsletter and you're all set. And um, I swear I'm forgetting something, but hey, it's going to have to be that way for now. Oh, advertising, big thing here. It's right on the bottom of the main page, motivationmuscle.com. The rates are on there. But you'll have to send me an email because I will only speak verbally to people. I'm not doing this back and forth stuff anymore. I think it's a sign of res- well, it is a sign of respect. It's like a handshake and looking in the person's eyes. As my pop said, you can learn an awful lot. And we can get into that too. But as I said, we got Mike Gillette on here and I couldn't be happier to have Mike in here. Mike and I have done shows that nobody else has done. And, like, with everybody, and Mike can attest to it, 
We come up with an idea or two. We fly by the seat of our pants with everybody. And, I, and that's what's so special about the show. Because I'll tell you right now, I've had people request 10 questions. I won't do it. Because it's a canned show. And if you can't react and I can't mo- motivate you, then we can't do a show. And I mean that. And that's not being a wise guy or anything. But when we're more spontaneous, it's not rehearsed. Well, you'll hear this show tomorrow and you tell us all right i'm going to give you a little information on mike number one he's an army paratrooper a swat commander bodyguard to fortune 500 executives a record-breaking motivational strongman writer and author and i welcome mike mike happy new year by the way it's always an honor to have you on and you know how much i enjoy having you here sir Hey, the feeling is mutual, brother. Great to to be back to you and uh, everyone who listens to the show. Um, Give out websites, anything I missed. And we're going to talk about two things today. Mike was a presenter at the Arnold. And this is is right up Mike's alley, I thought, when I came up with it. Um, Move heaven and earth. And um, I will tell you this. um, You're going to hear quite a bit of passion probably out of me, like always, but even more so, and it might even offend a little bit, but that's the way life is. So, Mike, take it away, brother. <laughs> uh, you mentioned websites. Um, right now, there is a, uh, a couple of uh, promotions going on. If anyone goes to MikeGillette.com, the regular site won't show up. It's actually a free, uh, it's about a 75-minute class on uh, mental development uh, you mentioned Napoleon Hill and yep. Andrew Carnegie uh, earlier. Uh, my uh, sort of college-level class in, in that uh, shows up at the end of that presentation. But, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, free content on that. So people can uh, check that out at MikeGillette.com. Also, uh, the good people at Critical Bench this week are uh, promoting my RealLifeDefense.com, RealLifeDefense.com uh, self-defense package, which is – Something that we created last year. It's the largest video self-defense course on the market. Nothing else in terms of uh, duration as well as magnitude comes close. It's also about the least expensive. Mm-hmm. I mean, we, we basically uh, – it was a labor of love, kind of a public service project really um, because it's it's stupid affordable. It's not just uh, somebody does this and you do that. Uh, there's uh, material in there that's specifically for women. There's material specifically on how to deal with an active shooter. There's material specifically on how to protect your kids from uh, abduction. It goes uh, further and deeper than uh, than anything else out there. And it's coming from a place of, uh, I'll, I'll say, legitimacy. I've, I've lived all that, yep. and, and I've done all that uh, at a very high level. Uh, so if that's of uh, interest to anyone, I encourage you to check that out. There's uh, even a, a free uh, PDF uh, special report there that you can get. So, I mean, there's, there's stuff there, uh, any, anything that I have out there, you can, you can sample some for free, and if it's not for you, fine. If it is, uh, I'll blow your doors off. <laughs> That's good. So here we are. Here we are. Back in the saddle. Yep. I'm, uh, I'm at the uh, 
the HQ of all things awesome here, looking out my window into the my uh, wooded backyard and just kind of soaking up the magic that is Eric Fiorello and uh, Motivation and Muscle. Thank you, Ready sir. Yes, sir. All right. Let's talk about uh, your presenter at the Arnold. So let's start off with that, my friend. What an adventure. Uh, yeah, the Arnold. Now, what's interesting is it was the 30th anniversary of the Arnold. Mm-hmm. And you're... Listeners are probably familiar with, with the Arnold, uh, quick, uh, thumbnail history lesson. It started 30 years ago as a bodybuilding competition. I think probably as a, as a counter to the Mr. Olympia. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, and it had, you know, male and female. And then it sort of expanded. Then there was like a master's division. And then there were some of these, uh, spin-off physique categories as, uh, women's bodybuilding started getting a bit hardcore for the masses. So uh, then that expanded. And then in years since, it has grown to this crazy multi-venue athletic competition where it's essentially taken over the city of Columbus, Ohio. Mm -hmm. It's in the convention center, but it's in a lot of other places too. And there's martial arts competition. I mean, the most prestigious strongman competition now is, is that one. Uh, arm wrestling was there. I was at an event um, on Saturday off-site where they had gymnastics and martial arts and, and competitive cheer. It was crazy. Everything you can think of was going on, and uh, it was a uh, yeah. It's quite quite a quite an event. A uh, lot of presenters. I was uh, very flattered to uh, to be presenting. Twice, I was the only person who presented in two different uh, events. Mm-hmm. I, pre- I presented for grown-ups uh, at the uh, MMA workshop alongside Randy Couture and nice. another friend of this show, John Bruni. And uh, John was speaking on physical strength training, and I was speaking on mental uh, strength training, and Randy Couture was just there to be cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and, and trust me, he succeeded admirably at that. Yeah. Uh, and that's also, if anybody follows me on uh, Facebook or Instagram, if you saw a picture of Randy Couture uh, choking me with a steel bar, that's, saw, yep. That's, yep. Yeah, that's where that happened. Yep. And uh, he had to be talked into that. But once he was on board, you know, A-plus effort, it was great. You know, it freaked him out, but uh, the fact that I didn't die was uh, was very reassuring to him. Um, and then uh, the uh, the second day was interesting. That was uh, the kids' event. Okay. So uh, topics of, of interest, not really to kids so much as their parents. And uh, that was at the, the fairgrounds, and they had all kinds of interactive booths and stuff going on, and uh, appeared also with Randy there, as well as uh, someone that some of your listeners may be familiar with, Ronda Rousey. Yep. Let me, let me tell you something. When Ronda Rousey shows up in person, people lose their mind. Right, really? It was insane. Wow. Yeah. Yep. It's, uh, and now that she's doing the whole WWE thing, she's probably just going to get even more popular. Sure. Right, because uh, that's that's enormous. But uh, you know, so there was that. So the the presentation was part. You know, it was always great. You know, John Bruni, who I know is a friend of the show, is also uh, one of my good friends. Yes. And anytime we get to uh, swap notes is is good. Met uh, some interesting people. I'll uh, probably be presenting at uh, the Rev Gear University conference uh, later this year. Rev Gear is, is an MMA uh, training equipment. Yep. Supply company, and they make a lot of uh, sparring gear and, and pads and 
you know, punching bags and whatnot. And, uh, they, they put together a really good event. So that was, uh, that was interesting. Uh, rubbed shoulders with a, a couple of folks, uh, hung out with Boss Rootin a little bit. Okay. And some people know Boss from, you know, movies and TV. Some people know him from, you know, being in the UFC Hall of Fame. Some people know him from the most hilarious self-defense video series ever put on the market. If you get on YouTube and just, you know, put in Boss Rutten, B-A-S-R-U-T-T-E-N, self-defense, it is hilarious. The guy is just a comedic genius. Yep. I don't know where he went to learn how to be so funny, but he is amazing and just super cool. Uh, had a, so had a great time with him. Um, was able to attend a, uh, a Hall of Fame presentation during the event. And um, I was sitting in the second row. Mm-hmm. Directly in front of me was Kaz, wow. Cone, yeah. and Columbo. Holy cow. I mean, immediately in front of me. And now that's three guys. That was five seats. Wow. Yep. Still, to this day, yep. Cone is so freaking wide. Yeah. Yep. Just just crazy. But And... and Every, anyone who goes to the Arnold will tell you it's just you know a, a crazy assemblage of the coolest people in, in our strength universe. Mm-hmm. So, twelve-year-old uh, me was was geeking out. <laughs> Not gonna lie, there are some people there that I've been a fan of for a really long time. Yeah, um, you know it's real interesting too when you say those three gentlemen, especially. And when you talk about Franco Colombo, you know, a lot of people are down on bodybuilding. I understand, but Colombo's era, Arnold's era, that whole era back then, I, I, I call that more of a power bodybuilding because, you know, if you look at any of the old – see, I Mike, we were talking about this, and I know you're probably a fan of it. We were talking about World's Strongest Man one day on the show. We've talked about it multiple times. I think it was Bill Crawford and I – and Charlie Oliphant. And, nice. And, um, what, Some good guys there. Oh, and what was what was awesome about, we were talking about the old strongmen. And, you know, remember back in the day, you talk about bending, you know, rods. I mean, think of like with Patera, Ken, when you're doing yeah. Right. But Franco Colombo blowing up hot water bottles. That, and he got hurt, obviously, that time with the refrigerator on his back. But, you yeah. know, the picture you think of Franco Colombo, I don't know what he had on that bar and that deadlift. It seemed like 45s went to the, to the moon. But my whole point is this. Those eras of, of like, Kazmaier, you know, and, and any of these guys, it was different. Now, look, do I appreciate Strongman now? Yeah, I'll tell you right now. In my opinion, probably the greatest strongman of all time's got to be Zadruna Savickas. I mean, there's there's a thread between all of them, all right? Jean yeah. Paul, Sigmund, all these guys, right? But pound for pound, and what he's done is incredible, you know. And we know Brian Shaw and all these guys. But the point I want to make about this whole thing, what you witnessed in front of you, especially, you know, with Eddie Cohn. I mean, look, it, I know the errors were different, but these guys were just. I, I, I think it was just a 
different lifter, man. It was, I, you know, I like watching the old strongman, like I said. Why? Because just things seem, they're not geared, every, everybody had to compete. Like, a lot of the stuff you see now, certain events are geared for certain athletes. And maybe it was that way then, but I never looked at it that way, because I get to go and watch them again. Um, I, I, a little bit more enjoyable to me. Obviously, things are much heavier and bigger now. Great, because you can never lift heavy enough for me. But maybe it was just the era of that. And when you see three guys like that, you know, look, they can say what they want about Arnold. Well, do many people know that Arnold basically did a lot of Olympic-style lifting, you know, a lot of power stuff that they don't like Sergio Oliva. He was a massive Olympic lifter. Olympic lifter. What I'm saying is a lot of these guys are just so multifaceted that they could almost do anything. It's not like that now, I don't think, with a lot of this stuff. Am I saying good, bad, or in between? That's up yeah, to you. No, Go I, ahead. Uh, I, yeah. I think that's a good handle, yeah. particularly in that era of bodybuilding. Yeah. And when you talk about Columbo, oh. that dude was terrifyingly strong. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, particularly relative to his size. Oh, yeah. Because you don't have an. If you look at the the pictures from the late sixties and early seventies, he's so dense. Yeah. Uh, you don't get a sense of you know the guy was a short guy. Well, yeah. I mean, he still is. Um, but just extraordinary strength. Yeah. And some of those. Oh, it wasn't the world's strongest man, but it was it was uh, one of the forerunners to one of those shows, and he competed on it. Was on like ABC Wide World yep. Sports. Yeah. 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 And, and the guys are doing like wrist roller competition yep, things, and, yep. and yeah, the bending the bars and the, and the hot water. It, it was just a grab bag of crazy stuff. Yeah, yeah. And Franco was just crushing it. Yep. Yeah, I, I, I was, you know, Mike. I would like. I didn't mean to interrupt. I'll get right to it. You know what? I would love to see because I think this is what separates everybody. I would like to see more of that stuff come back because you know what? A lot of these guys, whether they're good, bad, or in between. I think it. I think it changes the playing field a lot, like that, and that's what I like about. It. That's why I like when they do these crazy strongman events, like whether it's in Iceland or Norway and all that. And there they out in the snow, you know, lifting logs and running with this and that. And it's like half of them got to wear stuff on them, or you'll freeze to death. See, I'm more into that. Yeah. The uh, the interesting thing. Uh if we go back to like the the first few years of the world's strongest man yeah compared to now perhaps one of the things that makes you know the old school version of that more enjoyable to guys like us is in a way it was almost it had something in common with and this is going to sound weird uh the crossfit games yeah because when you compete in the CrossFit Games, you know it's going to suck, but you don't know exactly how. Because you know they, they throw some fairly random things, yeah. you know, like yep. open water swim, or we're going to pound steel stakes into the ground with a sledgehammer. Yeah. Well, I'm not good at that. Well, yeah. I guess it sucks to be you. Yeah. Um, the early days, of the world's strongest man. I mean, like the car carry. I mean, oh yeah. This stuff was so freaking random. Yep. And. They didn't train for that other than I'm just going to show up being really strong and we'll see how it goes. Yep. That that sort of loose vibe made those events really cool because guys were struggling with stuff because they had never been exposed to them. Mm -hmm. Compared to now where everybody – know the events are quantified and you can train with guys who are really good at stones mm – -hmm. uh, you know, and, and, and you can get very granular with, with some of those events, which, again, it's cool because that allows athletes to just take their performance to the raggedy edge. Yep. 
were in, if you watch those events, they're extraordinary to see. Yeah. Because these guys are so they're not just crazy strong; they're so technically good at what they do. Yeah. Yeah. I you know, so you're seeing really good, skillful movement, but you're the one thing that it doesn't have is that you know kind of flying by the seat of your pants yeah. uh, vibe that you were alluding to earlier, yep. which. I think was cool, and if you think about guys that were around in the golden era, you know, the, the Francos yeah. and Sergio and Arnold and all those guys, and even Kaz in the early years Days. of the World's Strongest yeah. Man, yep. they were basically inventing something. Yep. Or they, or they, they were taking something that existed and they were, they were moving it to a slightly different place just by their, you know, their tenacity and their will and, and, you know, their, their crazy ability to, to just go. And, you kind of felt like, okay, we're seeing something new. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, even if you, you don't really know what you're seeing, you can see that happening. You can perceive that dynamic. And I think that's what those early years provided us was, okay, something's going on here. This yep. is interesting. Let's see how it works out. Yeah, I totally agree. Two things come to mind. We call it the, the hard hat workout here. I think a lot of stuff back then, was more relegated to doing manual labor. I believe this is my belief right now because I'm doing stuff out of here. They're looking for a lot of guys to do construction work right now. I've gone out and applied for one reason. Obviously, I believe in multiple streams of income, and I want to push this show even faster to where I want to go. And obviously, doing stuff like that, being outside, goes more with what I love to do, which is just yeah. pounding every god dang thing into the ground or lifting, you know, everything, right? And I have people say, well, it's going to take away from your work. I said, only if you think that way. So mm-hmm. that that's number one. Number two, Yoko Holo was by far probably the innovator of putting in World's Strongest Man um, competition lifts in his backyard he was the first that i know of and of course i believe he won two world's strongest mans at about 275 pounds and if you if you don't if you've never seen him i don't know what issue it is of pair of um uh randy strassen's um milo He's on one of the covers. When you see the back on him, it'll blow your mind. You could, <laughs> you, you could literally probably bury up over your fist in the middle of his back between his spinal erectors. All right, so different eras, different times. I, li- I like them all, but if I had my choice, it'd be the day, obviously, like you were saying, wrist rollers, hot water, you know, blow up hot water bottles, um, um, you know, bending iron. I don't care, you know, grabbing whatever it is. I I remember those things, O.D. Wilson, because I was watching old ones not that long ago. You know, they've got these wheelbarrows. They're loaded, and they're running up hills with it, and and some are stumbling and stopping. Oh, And and I think it was Brent Musburger doing the show. It's so funny to hear him. Oh, no, and now is he going to be able to do You know, the whole thing, but it was great. You know, they talk about, like, theater it was kind of like theater, man. Just, yeah. just, you know what it is, Mike? It's the excitement that I, 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 it didn't seem like it was all pre, you know, pre-canned, all that. It's like, yeah. holy cow, he just fell over, you know, like that. And it's like, holy, you know, because you know what it did for me as a, as a little kid and then watching him now as an old, as a, a younger man, you know, older than a kid. 
it, it, it got me not only inspired, but so damn involved. You know, yeah. that's the thing with an audience. You know, you know from doing stuff. I know from doing the show or doing stuff out here. You got to attract them in. You got to pull them in. And if you can't pull them in, what are you going to do then? It's, you know, so I, you want people, it's like I always say here, I want people to be part of the family, be in the family. When you come on the show, I want you to feel comfortable when you're working with me. You know, and I'm here, obviously, if something happens, dead air, I'm here to put the, put the finger in the hole, okay? That's the whole thing. And I, that's what I love about it. And speaking of Colombo, and we'll go, I'll go right back to you. When I, when I think of Franco Colombo, and how can't you, I think of Rocky Balboa. Everybody, if you don't know, he trained, oh, yeah. uh, Sylvester Stallone. Um, yeah, back in uh, 84, 85 yeah. for, for Rambo and Rocky Four. Yeah, unbelievable. Yeah. So um, it's very interesting. He's got kind of like his mark out everywhere besides he and Arnold pouring cement and being bricklayers and all that. But, you know, yeah. that's what I liked about all those errors. It's it's the same way with athletes now. I don't watch a lot of sports, I'll be honest with you. Um, I watch the Yankees. I've been watching a little preseason when I get a chance. I still like baseball a little bit. But, you know, maybe it was just the way things were back in the day. I like the ideas of, you know, my father was a big guy. Well, he was a New Englander anyways. Boston all the way, but the only team that he ever liked besides the Patriots was the Green Bay Packers. And as when my father passed away, I found one of his books, and it was all about Jerry Kramer had written a book about Lombardi, and it had all various players in there that everyone who was under his tutelage was a success, and I mean a big success. And they said Lombardi was so tough, he could make these big 300-pounders literally quake or cry. All right, now, is that could a guy like Lombardi exist today? Probably not. But my point of this whole thing is this. It used to be players would have to go work in the offseason. They didn't get to train all year round, et cetera, et cetera. And to me, I don't know. Maybe it was just the individual. Uh, the value of the player seemed a little bit different. Um, maybe it was the discipline, the coaches, obviously. It's a little bit too much free-for-all for me now. Um, and I don't really enjoy that. And I used to love dynasty teams. I like going watching NFL films. You know, I was a little kid, the 49ers, you know, and then the early Minnesota Vikings, and then the Bears were good for a few years in the 80s, and et cetera, et cetera. I kind of miss that now. You know, I, I everybody's kind of on the same plane, so to speak, other than probably the New England Patriots that have been the stalwart of the NFL, whether you like them or not, or sports in general, but um, a little bit different. So that's why, you know, with the with the WSM, if it was that or, or what happened last year, I'd watch 25 years ago. Take it away, Mike. Yeah, that's uh, it's interesting, the analogy of uh, professional football yeah. and, and professional sports in general, because it uh, the, the nature of that whole industry is – makes the games different yeah and uh the just the the precision with which you know trades and in contract buyouts and everything are sort of executed you know from a you know from a high level as opposed to it was almost more like individual companies competing against each other back in the day i had a I'm going to make an evil can evil analogy for a few <laughs> minutes. R- remind me okay. about that. Okay. But yep. you mentioned uh, how football used to work. Yeah. Um, I uh, 
was spending some time with uh, a, a co-worker. We were uh, kind of crisscrossing the country teaching active shooter training uh, for DHS a couple years ago. Yeah. And he was a retired FBI guy. And his father was a retired FBI guy back, you know, in the uh, Hoover era. And anyway, before his father uh, was in the FBI, his father was a Pittsburgh Steeler. Okay. But this was in the early days of the NFL. And he told me that uh, you would play a game. You would, you, would, you would show up and, you know, you'd warm up. You'd, pl- you'd play the first half. The team would run the concession stand. <laughs> so that's part of how they made their money. Sure. They would they would play the second half. They were the custodial staff for that venue and that was it was generally like a a high school or a D three college football field. Yeah. Because that's what attendance was. And then they took turns driving the bus all night to get to the next town. Amazing. Amazing. That's that's what it meant to be a professional football player back in the day. If you didn't love it, you wouldn't do it. Right. And you weren't making much money at all. So uh, you know, just a different era. And uh, was was the game better? You can't say, but it was certainly different. You know, the dynamics of, of league play were just different. So you were talking uh, about – well, and we we're talking about the world's strongest man and yeah. how uh, yeah. it was. Uh, it's different now than it used to be. And something uh, came to mind because, I, as a kid, I grew up in the in the era of Evil Knievel. Yeah, I love. Him. Like every other kid I knew, I was obsessed with that guy. Yeah. And like every other kid, you know, I injured myself repeatedly jumping stuff on my bike. Yep. And it was the greatest thing ever. Now, here's the thing that. That makes Evil Knievel different than like whoever it is that has a contract with Red Bull that can jump much higher and much longer. Yep. You know that guy in his carbon fiber bike is has got a a team and they do computer modeling and they figure out you know if the ramp is this length at this angle and you need to hit it at this speed at this precise moment and then this speed at this precise moment so that when you lift off, you're going to be in the air approximately this amount of time. This is how you're going to land. And it's basically uh, they just need somebody to to run the motorcycle and hit those speeds at certain times. Mm-hmm. Now, back when I would watch Evil Knievel on Wide World of Sports, which was literally the most glorious thing on TV ever, um, everybody knew that he had no idea what he was doing. He had a stock 300-plus-pound Harley-Davidson uh, or a Triumph, depending on what, what year it was, that, you know, from the floor, just one that you would buy, and there was no way to practice. I'm just going to go really fast, <laughs> yep. and I'm going to try not to die. Yep. And everybody knew that's exactly the extent of his plan. And that's why it was amazing, because he had no clue what was going to happen, neither did we, and he was just letting it all hang out there. And that doesn't exist anymore. No. You know, it's it's been replaced. Now, granted, the Red Bull guy, those jumps are longer you know they're they're cooler looking they're more impressive but you know it takes a lot to make that happen it's just it's just a different way of doing things it's it's just 
our our approaches to everything, whether it's strongman training or you know NFL football or motorcycle jumping, it all changes because we have access to new training methods and new technology and so forth. And it's uh, it's fundamentally different than in days of yore. No, I, I, I like everything. You know, I'm probably like you. I love World's Strongest Man now. I love watching those guys and the women that are coming up yep, in the sport. Yep. But there's something about watching those. You know, like 1982 World's Strongest Man on YouTube. Yep, I mean, yep. that's still seat of your pants stuff for me. Yeah. I love that. Well, I'll tell you this, too. Um, and I'm not getting down on it, but, you know, you made a, a great point about how, you know, trajectory, wind, uh, how much horsepower. So let, let me tell you something. To me, in a lot of ways, that takes it, – it's almost like taking a bull, and I mean as the animal, a big, raging, testosterone bull, neutering him and turning him into a cow. All right? And I'll, I want to explain this fully. Um. That's why when I watch Evil Knievel on YouTube, I can appreciate that. Why I can appreciate the old men in uh, the NFL, baseball, anything like that. You know, you look at you. You read about Jack Dempsey or any of these fighters. You read about Babe Ruth out, you know, having shots of whiskey and a steak before a game. All right, now that'd be a no-no today because it would do this, that, and the other thing. Now we know there are some things you should not be doing a lot of, but my point of the matter is too. You talk about the mental stuff all the time, and you've been doing a lot longer than me. But I've got a, a good hold on a lot of things more than I ever have right now, and the power of the mind. The power of your genius to do so many things when you don't have a trainer and a massage therapist and a chiropractor and a bucket of ice, whether you believe sitting in that or not, or the or the finest bed to sleep in, or they're tooling you all around the world in a beautiful Learjet. Do you know there's still people that can train out in their backyard or out in the woods and come in, even though they're not playing professionally, could toast a lot of these guys? Why? Because of that six inches between their ears. They don't believe all the baloney out there. And I'm not saying it all is. But you get a guy, let's just say a modern-day evil can evil. We know his son did some stuff but never was like his pop. What I'm saying is now... Sometimes not being involved directly in society and be kind and be a little bit more of a throwback or not so acclimated with texting and laptops and Facebook and virtual this and robotic that, you'd be surprised at what could be developed here. Now, has technology helped in a lot of areas? Yeah, but I think it's hurt a lot of areas too because I think it, it, at times – People get so devoted to it and expect that to do the stuff we used to do when I talked about manual labor. Okay, um, I know guys, and I've talked to them already. Do you know that most young men, and we're talking high school, will not even apply for a job as a laborer? Meaning, might be carrying bricks, pushing a wheelbarrow, raking, you know, pouring cement, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they're like. We're seeing more and more of this happen. I talked to a couple guys that own farms. This is why they're going more and more of a robotic style because, you know, fathers, sons, mothers, daughters get older. 
Some lose farms, some can't hold on to them because they're getting too old now, and they can't attract people to do it. Now, I've said this before, Mike, and I'll give it right to you, is this. I think where we are right now, it's the best and the worst of times in a lot of ways. And I know this for fact. You have to be physical because I'm going to tell everybody, I say this almost in every show, what are you without your health? Think about that, okay? That's number one. Now, this is a big thing today. Today is my brother Jimmy's anniversary when we lost him. I, I, I don't even remember the years. I, I, I don't even want to think about it like that. As I say, I'm always looking at Jimmy right across from me. He's framed on my wall next to the Hulk. Um, I can tell you, I mean, and and people probably at times shake their heads. Well, we've heard that. Well, you, you haven't heard it enough. Um. You know, my mother and I were talking about it today. Um, you know, my my mother and father, Jimmy, had pneumonia, and um, you know he was home. And my mother and father were up night after night after night with him. They were tired. They went to bed. Uh, he was in with my brother John downstairs because they had to, you know, have him by the bathroom and all that. And um, my parents came down, and Jimmy was blue. He was dead. I'll never forget that as long as I live because I saw him. And my parents grabbed me and just, like, ushered me right out. And it was at a huge church here in Albany, which is still here. It's not called St. James. This church is massive. You talk about a tribute to Jimmy and my parents. They were out on the sidewalk with the doors wide open. There was two big sets of doors in the middle and these huge, heavy doors that are still on there on both sides wide open. Um, it was very warm and sunny today on March 16th. Um, and I'll tell you right now, if you don't think your health is paramount, um, go sit in a wheelchair for an hour and see how it feels. Uh, not be able to use your legs. Sit down. Let, just don't do anything. Don't move. I'm telling you right now, health Health is paramount, and if you don't have health, we don't lift, we don't do martial arts, we don't do gymnastics, we don't lift stones, we don't lift sandbags, and we sure as hell don't go in and rip stuff out of a power rack, okay? So I'm telling you right now, this is very important, is this, appreciate and give gratitude every day for what you got. And I can tell you from right now, um, things are very tough right here. All right, we're doing multiple things right now. We want to make this company just grow into a multi-million dollar company. I don't say that lightly. Um, and then, and I'll tell you another thing. You are going to, some days, feel you're in the ditch. And you don't know if you're going to come out of it, but you always will. Because number one is Andrew Carnegie and many of the others say, your decisions are going to be the thing that are going to propel you. But the thing that is in the bottom of that decision is your belief. And you can believe in yourself, believe in God, whatever you want to do. I know a lot of people don't want to hear God, but, you know, I believe in God. That's my preference, my show. But you have to have this deep belief, and you have to be able to make decisions. Go out and read about Henry Ford. They tell him, no, I can't do it. Well, go back to the drawing board. Why? I made a decision. Well, you could turn, no, we're not turning back. We're going to keep going, going, going. That's how you got to look at your business. That's how you got to look at your life. But you have to do that with your health. Because if you don't have your health, you have nothing. It's all yours, Mike. Well, there's uh, there's no question that that's a, 
uh, an issue that's reached a crisis point. Uh, look at uh, what's happening in uh, the public safety community. Yep. And, you know, firefighters, uh, police candidates uh, just can't do uh, what they used to. Nope. It's a huge issue uh, in military recruiting right now. So much so that just, you know, to keep the numbers up, they keep relaxing standards. Absolutely. You know, and, they, and the thing is, the minimums that we had for a long time were laughable. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were low. And I'm always uh, struck because there was a uh, – if you look through uh, quotes by JFK, mm-hmm. who uh, – Knew a little something about uh, having, you know, some some physical issues, you know, back problems for much of his adult life. Uh, but was a, a, an active young man, you know, obviously uh, served with distinction in, in the Navy. Yeah. During World War II, he observed in the very early '60s that physical fitness was just abhorrent in his view. You know, school kids were in a in, a, in an atrocious state of. Uh, Unconditioned, mm-hmm. and which is why he uh, advocated for the President's Council on Physical Fitness. Yep. But he was relating it to military readiness. Yep. If we don't get these kids fit, now th- we're talking about kids in like 1961, 62, which if you go back and look at those kids, they're like supermen. Yes. Compared to, I mean, look at what obesity rates were then, yep. you know, compared to now, where it's the norm. Yep. It's, it, you know, it's not an anomaly. Uh, yeah, so there's, there's no question that that's an issue. I mean, one of the things that uh, troubles me the most when I'm out just doing normal things in, uh, in public, you know, you, you go shopping, that, that kind of thing. I notice how many old people have a hard time just getting from their car to the store. I know. How, how, how difficult it is for them to navigate in the store. How many uh, heavy people have to use some type of uh, motorized cart. And then on the, the other end of the spectrum is the kids. Yeah. Breaks my heart. Yeah. They're, and, I mean, if you're that way now, the odds of you always being that way, you know, are astronomical. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's a quality of life issue beyond you know the you know the economics of that and how that's going to you know impact uh, you know the medical uh, establishment and so forth. It's just if we look at it just in terms of uh, living your life as an individual, you know, li- living a a satisfactory you know uh, content rich life. That's that's always going to be a problem un- until they get that under control and. It's a very difficult thing to get under control, particularly uh, when you're a kid, because you're not in charge of the food that's in the house. You know, you're not in control of anything. No. And if you're a kid, you eat what's delicious. So, and you don't do things that are uncomfortable. Well, if you're a heavy kid, every kind of activity is uncomfortable. Exactly. Well, you know, and uh, and, and not not to interrupt, I'll go right back to you. Not only that, you know, I'm going to hit something hard again. Let's let's talk about men. You know, I mean, men, in my opinion, in a lot of ways, have been downgraded to, well, they like to call the younger ones snowflakes, but, you know, um, read a lot about, look, many successful men, um, I, what I would tell people to do, if you don't have Think and Grow Rich, go out and get it. It's going to be one of the greatest things you've ever read. Go out and read Chapter 10, and he talks about sexual components, and we're not talking about 
what you would hear today where everything is sexual, 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 right? Many great men, and they had great wives, and the men wanted to really please the women. And the women were a backbone of a lot of what these great achievers was. And what it was is they were highly sexual. Now, I'm not talking about today where... If you look at studies, and Mike, I'll get right back to that. I didn't want to cut you off, but this is... Well, I want to see where you're going. Okay, I think you're going to love this. Um, This is what's very sad out there right now. Not that I've never seen it, not that I've never been to bachelor parties, all that. Most men now, and this is one of the reasons why you're seeing a lot less success, because if you read, I read that chapter twice yesterday because... I had heard a woman talking about that chapter in Think and Grow Rich. And one of the, uh, it was very interesting. Men now, a lot of them, all they do is watch pornography. And you know what else they do. And when you're doing that, okay, when you are releasing large amounts of testosterone, hormone, obviously growth hormone, you're burning through minerals like you can't imagine when this happens. Now, Obviously, they're talking about when you're with your wife and you're intimate, that's one thing. But what they're saying is, as you keep doing this, now, mind you, the pornography industry is a multi-billion dollar industry, all right? They prey on men, but now we also, too, have most men, not all, but if you go out and read studies, because I like going out and reading all kinds of studies, and a lot of women now are saying this, too. Men don't want to be bothered going out and meeting women. And the main reason why, besides they don't want to get off their couch from not watching sports or texting, is because they don't want to be turned down. Well, I hate to tell you, little men out there, women are going to turn you down. But did you know women are like four to one, three to one of what men are? I mean, don't you got a little moxie between your legs? All right. And then second of all, obviously... We can do virtual sex, which is just about here if it's not, the virtual reality gang. And now, uh, on the other end, there's now robotic men that can service women. How friggin' tragic can you get, all right? To me, that could be the common denominator to see who's going to survive and who's not. But getting back to what was in think, when you use your sexual prowess because men are very, very sexual, all right, very, and you have a woman that you want to please, that you want to work hard for, that supports you, that loves you, and you do have intimacy with you, it is going to pipe you to the point where what you want to do, what your dreams are, what you go after, what you persist You can have anything you want. And I don't care what anybody tells you. As I'm telling you right now, you can have anything you want. As I said, with that deep belief, with that system of going out there and doing that. But I was amazed when I listened and read that, how direct it was. The correlation of what you have between your legs, all right, and how you're using that vehicle. And where you can go with it. And another thing that I've been doing now for a long time, but I've been staying under it much longer, is the idea of cold. Cold showers. Now, I'm up to, at the end, I can stay under the ice cold water, and I'm going to build it up even more. Three minutes straight. I start out not warm, warm. Why? Another feature of building testosterone, of being able to take as much 
pressure and I hate that word stress, but it's a word everybody understand where I don't blow my lid. All right. Maybe I come close, but here once again, I revert back and say, I am a champion. I'm a winner. I am unstoppable. What does that do right away? Where does it shift your focus now? But the point of the matter is you should get that book and read chapter 10. You'd be amazed at what a man, woman can do it surely too. But what I'm saying, what you can do when you use your hormones correctly. Now, I know that's going to sound a little preposterous to a lot of people. But believe me, I'm telling you right now, there's very many things you can do and not a lot you got to do to make you highly functional. It's the same way with training what I'm doing right now with these mashing middies. I was always a confident guy, and you have to be very confident to go out and be an entrepreneur, to go out and do the things we love to do, because a lot of the stuff I do, I'm not going to get takers to do that with me. They can't mentally grasp it, and they can't physically dive into it. And the ones that have, normally there's going to be after a few, uh, I got stuff to do, or I, I hurt my lower back, or whatever. I, I can't say yes, no, or maybe, but I can't spend the time on it either, right? And I will tell you this right now. This all culminates with Chapter 10 and all the other things right now is this. I have my structured board, my advisors, I call them, whether they're imaginative of people in my life that have passed away or still here. And what I found with training is, especially this stuff, I've already thought about it. I've already exercised my mind the day before, maybe two days before, maybe 30 seconds before I open the garage door. And when I'm under, over, or something's on top of me to press, there might be a day where I feel a little off. And my voice carries, believe me. And I, you will literally, you could be at the end of my driveway or the end of my street, and you'll hear Anthony DeTillo, John McKean, and obviously Steve Jack. Why? Because those three people had a monster impression on me as a young kid. And I don't have to say Anthony. Anthony was a major power rack guy. John still is who I'm working with on Mashing Middies. And Steve Jack, if I never saw him in 1994 in Iceland, I don't know if I ever would have lifted a stone. And that doesn't matter because I am now and I will be back. But what I'm saying is it's a connection. It's a connection. Doc Ridge, I talk about him. I love Doc. Like my father, he's like a father to me, and he's gone too. Not in spirit. He'll always be with me. I said, Mike, I'll get it right to you, but I want you to hear this because you'll appreciate this too. Um, I told I told the story. It's probably almost three months old. And I go to a big supermarket. I shop for my mom every Thursday morning. And there's a guy that used to work in the meat department, but he works he works in produce named Robert. Great guy. He's probably in his maybe early 60s, you know, kind of like um, into all the 60s music, but just a super guy, friendly to everybody. Now, John Ridge, who was my chiropractor, would say to everybody, he'd say to me all the time, keep smiling. And John was just an incredible human being. No one in my life has ever said that to me. And I'm, I'm coming around a corner, rough few days, and there's, there's Robert. He says, hey, young fella, how you doing? I said, good. You know, 
I, I'm not dumping anything on anybody. Nobody wants to hear it. They got their own stuff to deal with. He goes, really? I said, yeah. And he goes like this to me. It stopped me right in my tracks. He said, well, you keep smiling. And I was like, that's John. I, I don't care what anybody says. It was John talking through him. So I went back to him. I told a couple of people. They said he had to go to him as a chiropractor. I said, well, I'm going to find out. So I went up to Robert. I said, Robert, I got a question to ask you. Do you know John Ridge? He was a chiropractor over in Rensselaer, New York. Never heard of John Ridge. Well, if that doesn't tell you, there's people out looking. And that's what I was talking to today. Moving heaven and earth. Things like that move heaven and earth. Things like when you read Napoleon Hill's Think and Grow Rich. Move heaven and earth. Go ahead, uh, Mike. I could talk for another week. <laughs> and that's why we love you. Thanks. Now, uh, I'm going to jump back to the to the slightly more interesting topic of a few moments ago when you're talking about sex. Yeah. I think that uh, there there's some overarching themes here. And the you know, when I was talking about how how people are sort of becoming disconnected from the, their physical selves. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, you know, a, a, an aging population that is uh, not taking care of themselves like they should. And perhaps that's uh, a result of being part of a, a Western approach to medicine where everything gets medicated and we don't actually solve problems. You know, we don't empower the individual to sort of, you know, seize control of their physical self. So there, there's that issue. Uh, we have a generation of kids who are growing up having never connected with their physical selves. And, you know, and all of the problems that uh, that relates to, I, w- I was using sort of a uh, a physical readiness example uh, and relating it all the way back to JFK. But you know, when you started talking about uh, the the way that that manifests sexually, it's a huge thing. Yeah. And uh, yeah, certainly there's you know hormonally. I mean, l- you know, look at the young men of today. You know, they're heavier. They they. Their features are are a bit more non gender specific looking. They've oh, got yeah. you know wider hips. They're they're bigger in the legs. Uh, you know they're they're carrying uh, excess body fat in the pectoral region. Yep. Uh, and all all of which are sort of indicators of guys that have uh, lesser amounts of testosterone. Well, obviously, if you have less of that, you're going to have uh, a lower uh, sexual appetite. So there's there's part of the problem. Uh, but the other part is, uh, something that you mentioned that, you know, a lot of people just won't talk about, you know, the, the crazy access that everyone has to pornography oh, yeah. and how that is, it's not just, you know, transforming, uh, attitudes because you can see some pretty disturbing stuff, yep. you know, at the click of a button, but also too, uh, People who know a lot more about uh, the way that the the brain operates than I do say that you know excess uh, amounts of pornography you know fundamentally rewire the brain just in terms of uh, you know pleasure receptor centers and, and all of these things. So that your point makes a lot of sense in that yeah going out and interacting with real human females you know if we're if we're using the male example yeah that just that's a, it's a hassle. It's got, you know, potential disappointment built into it. Um, and the more sort of technology dependent we all become, we're just worse at interpersonal relationships anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because 
you know, we, we communicate through screens, we communicate through uh, text messages and so forth. So there, there's a lot there to drive that. And, you know, I'm seeing studies that indicate, that, you know, we've got guys in their 20s and 30s that cannot perform sexually without benefit of some type of medication. No, you're right. Um, and, go ahead. You know, I'm sorry. And those of us who remember our 20s and 30s were like, man, that that's just unfathomable. So... Ultimately, I think where that takes us is to a place where we have this great disconnect. Yeah. And, you know, I'm talking about, you know, whether I'm disconnected from my body or males are disconnected from females, and it's because they're disconnecting themselves. Because the, in addition to, you know, sort of uh, the, the chapter 10 examples of and celebrations of, you know, sexual expression. Yep. Uh, part of that is just simply, this is how guys communicate love and affection, uh-huh. you know, for their significant other. It's, you know, by being able to connect in that particular way. And if, if you lose that, I mean, even when you lose that for perfectly, you know, reasonable reasons, you know, guys got a medical issue or, or whatever, and, you know, things just don't operate the way that they used to, that can put a strain on a relationship. Oh, yeah. Uh, because again, it's, it's a fundamental means of connection and, you know, with guys who, you know, were more action, uh, oriented, were not as verbally sophisticated as women so often, um, you know, it, it, it allows us to express that which is difficult to express. And, uh, you know, the benefits of that, uh, are considerable and, and multifaceted. So when we have people who are supposed to be in their physical prime, unable to do something that you know, you just take for granted is, is such a, a part of the, the natural, you know, biological, emotional landscape, that's, that's a huge thing, you know, and, and I think it's ultimately uh, another problem of connection. You know, if I can't connect with you, you know, as a, as a brother in iron, you yeah, know, yeah. That, that means I lose a part of my potential greatness. Yep. If I can't connect with my significant other, I lose I mean, just fundamentally huge chunks of my soul. If I can't, you know, connect my own physical self with my own mental, emotional self, I don't really exist. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a connection issue. So that that is that is how I see all of that, and uh, it's it's all profound and it's all important and it's all like you know multiple episodes more. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, and I'll I'll I just want to give you something. and I'll send it to you, and I know we're, it's we're getting close to signing off. But here's the thing: a lot of these young guys in their mid twenties to mid thirties, um, you know, a lot of them are almost. Uh, menopausal if you want to call it um you made reference to boobs yep man boobs uh large belly the dangerous fat obviously um big cans on them uh you know not big legs from weightlifting or running or martial arts or anything now we also live in a society right now which doesn't believe that men really have to have that type of strength anymore. I hear this over and over. Well, you don't have to hunt. You don't have. Well, you you know what? You can still hunt, but here's the deal: you need you need the lead. I mean, whether that's my pop saying it or Vince Lombardi or you know a guy like John Wooden, all right, for instance, or Mike Gillette, anybody, all right. The point of the matter is, if you strip, like I said, if you emasculate a bull, a bull 
becomes a cow. Have you ever watched a bull, whether it's with a bullfighter in rodeo or even them just running around? They are absolutely fantastic to watch. I love them. That testosterone is running through them like no tomorrow. Why do you think I love the Hulk so much, man? That metamorphosis, that ability to go out and lift bigger things, man. That's what it's about. And they don't get it. And it goes out into the personal world so good. You're a teacher. You're somebody kids look up to. Even adults look up to. People want to talk to you. That's not ego. That's what it's about. It's not about sitting and watching damn TV all night. You know, and oh, I don't feel good. Or, you know, um, I, I lost five gig on my telephone. Take the telephone like Dr. Wong put that great article out in the Army. They don't have enough strength, the soy boys, to throw a grenade. And I made the crack there and people were dying. I was like, you know, just throw their iPhone then. All right? And I meant that as a joke, but not really. That's how pathetic it's come. And it's like when you can wear your sister's jeans, your old man, if he's still around, should have stopped that right away. That's my point. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna give it right to Mike. You know, we were all over and what a killer show, and we called it Moving Heaven and Earth. And I'll tell you right now, you have the ability to change. I don't want you to think if you're listening to this and you're, you've been facing these things and maybe you don't have a mother or father. Maybe you're in a precarious situation where you feel alone. You're not alone. You can contact me. You can t- contact Mike. You can contact anybody. All right? If you're willing to shoulder the responsibility, if you're willing to relearn, And I mean, you're going to have to. You're pretty much going to be like a lot of people. You're going to have to burn out everything you've ever had in your subconscious mind. Uh, Easier said than done, but can be done. I'm doing so many things right now. After a while, you love it. And you love the return when you're sitting in traffic and I'm hearing in my head, I am receiving. I am receiving now. I am receiving all the wealth the universe has for me now. When you start hearing things like that in your head, or like we always say, like when I had Dr. Joe Vitale on, I am strong. I am a strong man. Go out and repeat that through your whole workout. Go out and watch what's going to happen. You're going to have fire coming out of the tips of your fingers. If you think I'm kidding, try it. Take, take, take it up. I'm challenging you. But what I'm saying is this, which is very, very important, is this. Don't be afraid to make a change. I know there's a lot of fear, but fear is usually stopping everybody from doing anything. It's the fear of this, the fear of that. My point of the matter is, isn't it time to make what I talk about that Napoleon Hill says, two of the biggest things you need to start your success rolling and be the best that you can be, belief and decision. Make the decision quick, no matter what. You'll figure it out as you go along. You'll zig and zag. If you have to make a bigger change, you will do that too. Make your decision and stick with it. But more than anything, you have to have a belief that no matter what happens, no matter what anyone says to you, no matter how many family members, quote-unquote friends, just kind of dissolve from you, you have to keep going. I can tell you firsthand, I'm sitting here talking to you. It's happened to me for the last almost five years now. Because FBCs will be up uh, five years, uh, May 12th. Okay? 
I can't wait to get out in front of 100,000 people, like I say all the time, with a number of people from the show because they have talked to me. In fact, Mike, John Bruni is one of them. Um, I can't wait to get up there and people say, are you kidding me, 100,000? Well, what do you want me to say? 100? Okay, I'll get up in front of 100 to start. But what I'm saying is here, we have a voice here that is going to be mainstream. We're going to be the ones that are going to come out there, and we're going to scoop you all up. We can't save everybody, I know that, but you know something? If I can save 99.9, and whether you do what Mike and I do or John or anybody here, that's, that's irrelevant to me. But the first thing you do is you take that one foot and put it in front of the other, and you'll be amazed at how things will change. That's why I said strength resolve, the physical first, because when you light the physical end up, the mind, the body, the soul, the belief, it all takes off with it. It has to, because you're putting stress and duress on everything. Either you won't do it, or you will do it, and I would put the money on it, you will do it. Mike, summarize anything, give out all your info, I'll give out mine, and just hang on the line if you would, please. All right, uh, appreciate that, Eric. You know, the um, the conversation today is um, a continuation, really. That That's what I was sort of uh, noticing in the last few minutes. Yep. If anyone listening were to go back and just track through the podcast that you and I have done together. Yep. There is there is a continuity there that um, I, and I and I know it's it, it's it's kind of jarring to to hear perhaps this conversation in the midst of all of the conversations that have come immediately before it and will come immediately after it because you have a variety of uh, people on the program and those conversations have to go where they organically go because everybody's you know got their own sort of realm of expertise and, and insight. But for, I think, the, the full effect of what you and I talk about, mm-hmm. what's nice is there, there's a lot of precedent there. Every one of our conversations, I think, has has this this thread that links it to the next one and the next one. Because I, whenever I talk to you, I always feel like we're kind of picking up where we left off the last time. Yeah. And that's kind of uh, important to note because I could see how someone coming into this and have no uh, previous – uh, exposure to any of the conversations you and I have had, it's kind of like, whoa, whoa, they're, kind of, they're, they're, they're down the road a little way. Yep, yep. That's, that, that's, a, that's a lot to take in, or that's pretty conceptual and so forth. So uh, there, there's more there that I think puts today and some of our other uh, conversations in the appropriate context. So, uh, you know, for those who are inclined, I, I would uh, encourage them to, to seek those out. Yep. Because there, there are a lot of... Uh, good nuggets of information uh, to be gleaned from that. You know, just like so many of the conversations you've had, because what I like about you and your show, Eric, is you have some of the most interesting people. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. And that's, no, I didn't mean you, I meant them. (laughs) (laughs) That's all right. I'm fine with that. I mean, seriously, you've got some of, some people who I have followed for so long. Yep. And some people who are just so smart. That it's uh, it, you know it's always uh, an honor for me to to be among all of them, and 
obviously I wasn't trying to suggest that your listeners, you know, can't hang with what today's conversation was. It's just that we kind of jumped into it like this conversation was already in progress. Yeah, absolutely. So that that's all I meant by that. No, that hey, hey, Mike, I'll tell you this right now. I've said this to you on air and off air, and this has been said to me by multiple oh, you're not guests. You're call me handsome again, are you? No, I call it, me. no, that's all right because nobody can see you. But yeah, you are handsome, and you got you got it's the shaved head. I'm telling you, man. Um, here's here's the thing. You know, I always hear about this, that, and the other thing, and I always I'm a guy that believes in freedom, even though I think a lot of people maybe are getting away from that thought. But here's my point. You're free to listen to anyone you want out there, all right? And I, I, I would never say this, that, and the other thing. But I'll tell you this right now. I wish everybody doing whatever they're doing in podcasting or whatever they want to call it the best of luck. The thing is here, I'm not them, and they're never going to be me, all right? And what I bring here is that New York attitude, a real sense of being authentic, because this is truly me. If Mike was sitting with me right now, having a Guinness Stout and a hamburger built to the roof. Uh, it could be a little bit more animated, maybe language-wise, depending where we were. But this is pretty much me. And I think where we connect to people so much, Mike, is this. You can smell a phony, whether you're on a, a, a listening or not, a mile away. At least I can. And that's why I talked about, you know, you want to advertise with me? Well, it might not sound good to some people, but I require talking to you because I don't want any misconceptions of anything, especially if you come in here and want to do business with us for the next 30 years. And secondly, too, it is a sign of respect, and I still believe a firm handshake and looking into the woman's or gentleman's eye that you're dealing with or meeting for the first time is essential. I'm not giving those things up for anyone or anything, and that's what comes to the show here. It's more than Mike Gillette and I talking about whether it's the Arnold, whether it's me with John McKean, whether it's stone lifting in Iceland, whether it's Mike producing some of the best young girls in gymnastics. That's great. That is great. I love listening to all that and learning from that. But you know what's even better? When you see what the character of Mike Gillette and Eric Fiorello are. If that matters to you, if that matters to you, I'll be talking to you 30 years from now. If it doesn't, and everybody tells me all these other people that do great things on shows, by all means, you know what? We don't want to ever lose you, but you got to you got to do what's best for you. But as I've been told, this is the most authentic show they've ever listened to. And I'll tell you this, and I'll give it right to Mike. Our oldest listener that contacted me a few years back, she was a woman in Long Island, 82 years of age. And I thought at first it was some kind of crank. So I got a hold of her, and I said, is this for real? And she she proved, okay, she was no 20-year-old girl. And I said, if I can ask you, what is it you like about the show? And she says, well, you know, I walk a lot. I've been in good shape. You know, I mean, 82, she's still kicking good and had a good, strong voice. And she said to me, it's your New York accent. And I was like, really? She goes, yeah. She says, you sound like a real tough guy. But I can tell by the way you talk, you got a heart of gold the way you are. And she goes, that is what it is all about with me. She goes, I don't understand half the stuff you guys are talking about with stones and all that. But she goes, I I love listening to it, the exchange 
the inspiration, the fire. So see, that to me is what's most important to me. Besides, like Mike said when we were talking about the obesity and everything, if we can go out and we can speak or we can go to these places and save so many of these kids and get them involved, is that not the greatest legacy to leave the world with? Mike, it's all yours, but I had to say that. All right, excellent. Well, I would invite anyone uh, who's interested in uh, in more of what this all sounds like, uh, visit me at MikeGillette.com. Uh, check me out on my social media channels. Uh, my YouTube channel is uh, got a, a new video every day. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, uh, you know the usual suspects. Uh, help me out on Twitter. My Twitter game is real weak. <laughs> uh, so that'd be great. But uh, there's uh, free content every day, all designed basically to to do what this show does. You know, is to uh, encourage people to be their strongest. Yep, absolutely. Is there any, yeah, anything else, Mike? Websites, anything other than that? You good? Uh, Real life defense. Okay. Uh, strengthpsychology.com. Uh, I guess that's it. Okay, that's a lot. Um, this is Motivation Muscle Streaming Radio, twenty four seven. As I said. Winners, champions, go out. Go out to Winners and Champions, Inc. out on FiorelloBarbellCo.com. I mean, look, 14 modules. There's movements that you don't even see anymore. I can do video for anything, but for the price and for the content on those alone, um, there's nothing out there like that. I mean, high shrugs, dips, pullovers, stone lifting, sandbag lifting, how to dead start squat, etc., etc. There's going to be lots more coming down the road. Soon as the weather gets uh, here and I can film it, etched in stone for men will be out. And we have an etched in stone product for women and for children. Um, it's pretty amazing stuff. It's very straightforward and simple. And I guarantee you, I've used this process in people that have lost here 50 pounds of body weight. It took almost a year, but it was incredible. And... The more you do it, the more you're going to like it. So wait till you see that. Also, too, go out to um, our prosperity page, which is out on FiorellaBarbellCo.com. As I said, $25, $50, and $100 donation. I don't think that's a lot considering not only the content, but just look at the information you got just from our show today with Mike. Um, you know, people say, when are you going to write a book? Well, I got probably enough material to put one book or more together right now. And that will happen, but this is my book. This is the encyclopedia of, you know, everything. You know, I call this place Strongman Central. I mean, the content here and the content out in my blog is unbelievable. You wouldn't, you can't even imagine the amount of storage that I have to have to run this business. It is huge. So, if you can contribute, I would appreciate anything you could give because we need to stay on top of everything. And don't forget to go out to our YouTube channel, Fiorello Barbell Company, Real Men, Real Strength, Real Power. One of the biggest things is the manly men's movement, which is going to really morph into a lot with, well, it is already with FBC and M&M, but you can see the trail going, you know, FBC, M&M, M&M. It's unbelievable what's going on with that. Also, too, I already talked about I will give anybody a free strategic um, counsel here. We can talk about anything you want. If you live in the New York area, don't forget, come here, FBC Stone and Steel Yard. I will give you an hour's worth of free work. 
And I guarantee you, it will be like nothing you've ever done. Now, I will tell you up front, no matter what you do, you have to master your body weight here. I do not move forward with anything until then. And if you are very heavy, obviously, I would have to make sure it's cleared with your doctor. But with the way we do body weight training here, I can basically train you at multiple levels. This is what being taught and teaching yourself isometrics, how I can take it and use it with body weight. You'd be amazed. It's a lot of fun. Also, too, um, motivationmuscle.com. Go out and look at all the shows. Uh, Mike and I have done that slash cat category slash podcast. Um, and don't forget, too, the newsletter. Just sign up at uh, motivationmuscle.com. And don't forget about advertising here. There is no one that has never advertised here that hasn't sold off the advertising. Um, it's at the bottom of the page on motivationmuscle.com. Please just send me a note. It's all there. You can do that. I will contact you, obviously, verbally, and we'll see what we can do. You know, 30 more years would be a great thing for both. And as you know, we are just getting bigger, bigger, and bigger. So join us. Um, and as I said, obviously, with any type of planning strategically, we can do anything over Skype because we're all over the world. And as I said, we just got out into Italy and Brazil, the show now. So you can see what's happening. Um, takes a long time. You plant that seed, as um, we say here in Think and Grow Rich. Um, you plant the seed, water it, you take good care of it, and you never know what you're going to grow if you think properly. Very important. Also, if there's a show you'd like Mike and I to do, Fiorello Barbell at NICAPR.com. Also, too, um, iTunes and Stitcher, give us a five-star review. We uh, appreciate that. Um, we're on AHA directory, which is AHA. You can get M&M in your car 24-7. Also, if someone seeks you out in the gym or the concrete jungle, five words can change your life. When you inspire, you don't know who you're affecting. You might never even see that person again, but who knows where you sent them. As my mom said when we were kids, never be afraid to say hello to someone or give them a smile. That might be all they get that day. If you're going to lift it, bend it, twist it, press it, pull it, squat it. If you're going to lift stones, turn them into dust. As the great Hoose of Steel Crusher Stone says, in blood red domination, we dominate the path. We don't follow anyone's. We clear cut it fully. Dominate, obliterate, and dent everything in your path. No one will ever clip our balls. And as Russell Fur says, when I listen to your shows, I swear there's testosterone dripping through my speakers. There, you will never see an estrogen-filled show here with me. It's always pure tea, cold showers, and take that testosterone and run it right through the wall with your business with your workouts, conserve it, use it, mentalize it, um, it's just great stuff, folks, I'm telling you right now, also, too, Frank Klein, my greatest college professor, um, repetition, 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 quitters never win, and winners never quit, my pop, be a leader, not a follower, be a leader, not a follower. John Ridge, as I talked about, my greatest chiropractor ever, walk would walk every patient in the door and say, keep smiling. Say that to yourself on your best or worst day. I promise you, you will have a smile on your face. Also, be a steward of strength. Don't stand on the side of the road and watch the world go by. Tell a 100 or more of your friends we're coming. We won't kick your door in. We'll blow the roof off your house. 
be a part of the family for the next 30 years. You need us. We need you. Les Brown, you all have greatness in you. We take it two steps further. We believe in you, and we got your back. And before I say goodbye to Mike, um, happy anniversary to you, Jimmy. Um, I will be at the cemetery tomorrow to visit you and Dad. Always loved. I thank you because the two businesses here, FBC and M&M, are in your honor. I know you're watching over me. And uh, believe me, we miss you like you wouldn't believe. I think every day, what would my brother Jimmy be doing and what would it be like to be men together, hanging together? And I wish my pop was alive too. But I will see them again. Mike, honor, happy new year. Thanks for being on, and we will have you on again next month, my friend. All right, my pleasure. Oh, for Mike Gillette, this is Eric Fiorello. Thanks for listening. This show will be up tomorrow, so um, we'll be talking to you soon. Have a great weekend, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to Motivation & Muscle, the podcast that connected your brain to your brawn. We'll We'll see see you next time. time.